Hey, welcome to Bollocks Talks and Tangents. You caught me pouring a drink here. Lenny's still writing like crazy over there. I don't know what all he's got going, and no one can read his writing. Don't forget to adjust but, your mic. Oh, my mic? Oh, Lenny, your your mic's over here. Yeah, yeah there you go. Lenny, 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 hi, honey, I'm home. He's still doing his research. He, I mean, this is how this show works. We end up getting in here, and then we switch up again once we get in here. But... Welcome, uh, Lenny. Good to have you back in the studio. Pleasure to be here. Wow, this stuff gets so, fast. Sorry, sorry, I missed last week. I mean, and, and you can tell by the way we we if you can see our writing on our table, it's all over the place. I got papers all around me. I went down some crazy, crazy tangents this week, Lenny. I don't know about uh, you. I, I, I We're told still you. Doing yeah, it. I, I I told you I went in a completely different direction than I expected. Yeah. No, and and I'll tell you this. Like last night, we talked at trivia. And I said, "Oh man, I'm looking really looking forward to uh, the military stuff." And then I got into the scandals, and the scandals were way more fun. And then I went back to the military stuff, and I was like, "I don't know which one's going to be better today." So we're going to see see how this thing plays out today. Right, we got a, we got a lot of content. I got all sorts of colors on the table here. Yeah. yeah. So um, first thing we got to do, we got to talk about our amazing sponsors. We have Blake uh, in the studio, so we got the game hey, back together. Yep. Hi. Um, uh, last show, I think we had Pete in the studio, and two shows ago, it was just me and Blake. Yeah. So uh, the three of us haven't been together in almost a month. I know Blake is Blake is becoming quite the superstar, uh, you know, around town. Yeah. Well, they, they had signs at trivia for him last yes, night. Yes, indeed, he was wonderful. He did a fabulous job. But, yeah. but to the sponsors, yeah, to the sponsors. Um, all right, we got to start with City Gates Distillery. Appreciate these guys so much. Uh, St. Augustine Distillery. They do the best tours in the nation when it comes to a distillery, which is you know that's saying a lot. I think they won awards for that. Yeah, they were they were ranked number one tour. Mm-hmm. For a distillery, which you know that they're they're beating some guys that have been doing it for a hundred years. Yeah, so that that's impressive. Uh, Cheshire Collision and Customs. Uh, I don't know. Did I say it right, Blake? Customs and Collision. Uh, yes, yes, Customs and Collisions. That's what I said. Right. Customs and Collisions. Sorry, Chris. Um, I always say it backwards. Um, Dyslexia. You know, you know they, they just uh, absolutely do so much in the community. Uh, they have Cheshire um, towing. And they have Vibe Energy, uh, and they also have 900-degree pizza, which we had tonight, which was super yummy, wasn't it, Blake? It was super yummy, yeah. Super yummy. All right. Abair Kreskin Associates, these guys, I don't know what I would do without these guys. They save me so much money. A lot of people go into tax season going, I'll do it myself. <laughs> you do that, that means you're going to cost yourself money. Uh, mm-hmm. Give these guys a call. They're number one in the business. All right. Me Hands Irish Pub. Ah. They are on. They are on. Sponsor Row right there. Um, tell you. They have three bars in one. They got Johnny's Oyster Bar, the pub uh, mm-hmm. inside, and then the backyard. Live music, both in the pub and, and the best view from Johnny's. So you can't ask for a better bar. It, Food's it's great. Disgusting. Drinks are great. Yeah. Music's great. It's, it's, people it's, are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah people are great. Uh, St. Augustine Pirate Museum, uh, Cindy and the crew over there, they have 800 artifacts in this in this pirate museum, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, a great place. If you have company coming in town, um, you got to take them. This is one of the go-to spots that I tell people you got to go to uh, the pirate museum and check it out because it's a unique thing you can't find anyplace else. I think, um, if I'm correct, I think there's two um, authentic Jolly Roger flags floating around and they have one of them here and, and, you, and when you think of pirates everybody thinks of the skull and crossbones on the black field yeah and to realize that there's only two that have been you know legitimately proven to belong to a, a pirate of some nature and you got one of them here well and they talk you through the entire flags because every pirate had their own uh insignia flag and then they talk you through that and then they show you that one so it, it really is interesting the differences of the flags of the pirates that uh have you know survived and, and a pirate's career yeah. didn't last that long no so it wasn't it wasn't like a, a long occupation it's like being a running back in the nfl <laughs> well these guys have better pensions today at yeah. least all right um i'll tell you what this restaurant right here is getting so much so much good press and well deserved because they do do it right and that's river and fort uh river and fort pretty and, place and you know just we talked about a great view at Meehan's. Uh, the ultimate view 
is at River and Fort on that on that yeah. top deck there. Yeah. Um, they have wonderful food. Uh, they have three levels. You can you you can have three different experiences there: indoor and outdoor dining. Uh, you know, it's a great place if you have a special occasion, a special date, mm-hmm. or a, a birthday party. Uh, you want you want to take someone to check out River and Fort. Yeah, and they have table service up there on that on that top deck as yeah, well. They have two different menus. Yeah. They have a different menu yeah. upstairs than what they do uh, in the restaurant. Right. So right. Um, all right. Uh, Palm Valley Golf Course. Uh, these guys, uh, the best driving range in town, the most affordable golf. If you want to learn how to play golf, this is where you should go. They have the Tracer Golf System where you have the television and it records your hit as you hit it out into um, very similar to Top Golf, but it doesn't cost you an arm and leg and you don't have to fight all the traffic going to Jacksonville. Right. So check these guys out. Uh, again, thank you to all our sponsors. You guys do an amazing mm-hmm. job. Um, this week I chose Jefferson as the bourbon. It was a secondary bourbon, but the cork broke on my first one. We had a, a wardrobe malfunction we at the bottom. We had a wardrobe right before. So if you guys were watching the pre-show and you saw me running around, that's what it was all about. Um, you know, but the Jefferson, the reason I chose Jefferson, and it's got a cool bottle. Have you tried it yet? Uh, I've had it before, so I was yeah. waiting to give you a nice cheers for the 904. Cheers. And it's got it's got yep. OTJ on the back yep. there. Yep. Uh, cheers. To your health, and sir. The reason I decided to go with this one is Thomas Jefferson tried to stop the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. So that I did not know. Yeah, he 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 was not a not a fan of it, hmm. even though it came into being while he was president. Right. So, uh, but we're going to start off with word origins. All right, or mm-hmm. word phrases. And I can't even cheat and see because I can't read what you wrote over there, Dr. Lenny. Okay. Um, I mean, right. is that chef writing? I mean, oh, yeah. is that what you it is? You should see me write a recipe. Ooh. It's, okay. it, it's, it's like an undecipherable code. Mm, like in hieroglyph. Have you ever seen Blake's handwriting? I have not. Woo! Woo! Blake, okay. how's your handwriting? Uh, prescription level double. <laughs> prescription, yeah, prescription level. level. Excellent. Prescription level it's like old school doctor mm-hmm. handwriting. All right. So, uh, all right. So, what's your first word origin? What you got? All right. Well, I had a lot of fun with these, so I'm, I'm going to start with um, one that. Well, I'll start. With, I'll start with this one, um, and it's uh, give the cold shoulder. Oh. Okay. I don't okay. know if you're familiar with this I, one. I, I think Derek actually said this at one time. Well, that would make sense because it would seem like it would be from there. And I was wondering, you know, I was wondering if if you may have done or I may have repeated some of these. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. But, um, and this one, it, 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 it makes brilliant. It makes brilliant sense. At by the, the end way. of the dinner, right? No. Well, yeah. It's it's you know if somebody's overstayed their welcome, or you're trying to you know politely say you know scram, would you time please? For you to go. Right. You slice off a, a piece of roast from the shoulder, and it's cold. Uh-huh. So it's a piece of cold mutton, lamb, or beef sliced off of the shoulder. And when you give them the cold shoulder, that means they know it's time for them to get out of there. It's a polite way to say your time is done here. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing our game. Here's your parting gift, yeah. by the way. Don't go away hungry. I need to keep more cold shoulder around my house. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. And it, it was funny, too, because I went to the library today to um, sort of I, I renew my library card because I mm-hmm. hadn't used it in a while. And I do uh, appreciate the service that the St. John's libraries do with uh, Wall Street Journal and uh, New York Times online that you can get. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than somebody sending you an article and, you know, you watch the, read the first paragraph and then you had to hit a paywall. Yeah. So the library the library takes care of that paywall. But be that as it may, I was explaining what we do here to the woman at the library, a very lovely woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I remembered the first one or the other one of my word origins and couldn't for the life of me remember this one. <laughs> so I went home, found it, and called her up and told her what it was. So she now knows she all knows, about the She knows about She knows about the cold shoulder as well. Well, I can tell you this. Like, when I started this show, I, I was, and I, I still do it. I didn't make it there today. But every Thursday, I was going down to the Historic Society mm-hmm. and doing a lot of different stuff. And, and now I'm a, uh, uh, on the Board of Trustees. At the Historical Society. Yeah, because I yeah. was going so much. That library is a great library. Oh I've done a bunch God. of, when I when I was doing my ghost tours, I was doing a lot of research it, up in there. It's History Festival weekend. Yep. So it's, it's a lot of fun downtown. Yeah. Uh, they do some amazing stuff. The staff there is so brilliant. Yeah. So, so brilliant and so helpful. Okay. So, hey. um, but. Uh, so what do you got? Okay, I have, I have two. I'm going to let you pick which one you want. One or two. Uh, do the top one. All right. Sink or swim. You okay. have an idea where this comes from. Um, I would think getting thrown overboard something, you know, it gave way. We, we can be back in pirate land. All right. You know? Well, it's, it's not quite there, but, I mean, you know about the Salem witch trials. 
Yeah, okay. I got okay. you. Now, now I know exactly where you're going. And if the water right. would accept them, right. yep. you know, they, they sank, the water would accept them, then they were innocent. Yeah. All right? But it started before the Salem Witch Trials. This was a very common practice to prove whether or not someone was innocent or not. And if they floated or if they swam, then uh, they were guilty. Right. So either way, you died. Right. So you, you're, proven, you're proven innocent by dying. Yes. Right. Terrific. Yeah, so that, I mean, they, and it comes from it comes from the 14th, 15th century. Mm-hmm. So it's well before Salem, right? And but the sink or swim—that's where that term came from. And it had to do whether or not the water would accept. If the water accepted them, they were innocent. I don't know if they saved them after they sank. I never really. Well, how long did they, how, how long did they? You know, see if they were, were they were, you know they could be they could be like playing possum down there. Who knows? Maybe they maybe I, they really can swim. I, I, if I witnessed one, I would. Yeah. I would. That's exactly right. I'll go second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would. <laughs> you know? yeah, but yeah, but they were they were trying to get yeah, right. They were trying to vet witches, you know, over in Europe as well. You yeah. know, there was a whole big yeah. nobody nobody liked witchcraft. Yeah, but it started a couple of centuries before Salem. So, but right. The first time I had heard of it, if the witch sank, she was innocent. Yeah. Or if the woman sank, I guess she wouldn't have been a witch if she sank. Right. Right. Yeah. She was just in, uh, poor innocent. Either way, she's not making right. it. Exactly. So that's where sink or swim came from. <sighs> See, and I only knew it as a drinking on Thursday nights, you know, where you couldn't uh, you couldn't go to the bathroom. You could everyone in the bar. You ever you ever have go to a bar like this? No. All right. So you go to the bar and you pay like five dollars. Okay. And you could drink until the first person went to the bathroom. Oh. And you didn't want to be that person. That would be rude, yeah. Yeah, there's people peeing in the corners and everything. So, but it, but it, it was a sink or swim night, mm-hmm. and yeah. So you never went. There. You didn't have that. No, it sounds. It, it, it sounds like no, 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 yeah. no. It's not, it's not, well, you yeah. Help with yeah. Well, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it, it seemed like you, you know you were swimming regardless. Yeah. If they were peeing yeah. in the corners, you were swimming regardless. Yeah. yeah well, you're getting a little splashdown. Okay. All right. What's your second one? My second one is fun too, um, and it's to turn a blind eye. Okay. And this one is really pretty neat. And uh, yeah, this is about the admiral. You got it. You've yeah. been there. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but for those of you who don't know, uh, Admiral Nelson, a British war hero, um, was blind in one eye. And they're in a naval battle. Mm-hmm. And he's on the bridge of his ship. And I guess they were fighting the Danish, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, you know, he's being uh, told he's getting a signal he's from the, the commands of flashes. Right. He didn't like what they right. flashed. So he puts the telescope up to his blind eye. Yeah. And he looks over there, and of course he can't see anything through his blind eye. Mm-hmm. And he turns around, and he goes to proceed to attack the Danish, mm-hmm. and he uh, wins the battles absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, "What was going on?" He said, "I didn't see any signal." Yeah. Because he turned a blind eye. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, ignore something or, um, you know, you know, just ignore uh, situations of reality. Yeah. You, you want to keep going to what you what you're doing, yeah, no yeah. matter what the. Information tells you right. Hell, hell or high water. Yep. We might need yep. that one next week. I thought that was yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. I really did. That's you know, it, 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 he turned literally turned his blind eye. Yeah. What a great loophole. Yeah. So uh, here's something I don't have. Okay. And uh, Blake wishes I did. A nest egg. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. So you know what a nest egg comes from. Oh. It also that. goes back to the 14th, 15th century. Okay. Um, Any idea? Nope. I'll I'll I'll, I'll right. learn. So farmers, farmers would when they collected their eggs from their chickens, mm-hmm. they'd always leave one egg in in the nest to encourage the chickens to lay more eggs. Okay. All right. And it evolved to by doing that, they collected a lot more eggs, and okay. by collecting the eggs. By saving that egg, it created more money, or it created right. a bigger harvest. Right. So that's how a nest egg came to be a nest egg, is when you go to collect the eggs, you're supposed to leave one in there, to so the chicken goes, I need to lay more of those, there's only one. And uh, Blake, you warned me not to do that, and I didn't turn off my sound thing. Blake said it, and I didn't. Yeah, um, yeah, I was chided for it, so we're all good yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's that's how well, the nest egg came to be. And it's funny when you said that; I thought they were actually being smart, and you know, they're leaving one in there to hatch and become a chicken. Because you know, if you don't keep, if you take all the eggs, and eventually you run out of a chicken. 
Well, uh, unless that answers the question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, yeah. well, uh, I'm going to say, Lenny, you never grew up on a farm, did you? No. Okay. No. Well, I haven't either, so. <laughs> right. So no, but I mean, uh, you make the money selling the eggs. You have you right. have slaughtered chickens and you have laying chickens. Yeah, different, different ones. Yeah. So the ones that are laying, you don't have to harvest those. You got the you got the other ones that are that'll be there. You always have us plenty uh, a a plethora of chickens. All right, but at some yeah. point in time, you need that, to have, that cock, you need to have chicks at some point in that time. That cockadoodle do right. Yeah. They, they they do their part. Okay, so you don't don't need that many roosters. So when the boys come out, they ain't making it. All right. So yeah. Once well. you got a good rooster, you don't you don't need it. And he don't want the competition. Yeah, he don't. He, well, if he if he's good, he don't he yeah. don't really have competition. Yeah. He takes them out himself. All right. So I like that idea. All right. Yeah, good. So that's what a nest egg okay. is. Because it's considered now a, a savings now is creating a nest egg. You think that would be something? Well, I, I'm thinking maybe slimmer to seed money, but not quite. Mm-hmm. You know. yeah, okay. okay, yeah, could be a windfall. Yeah. So, um, all right. All right. Um, I'm going to let you choose which way you want to oh, go. You're, no, no, no. You are too excited. You are so excited about this. I'm going to put the pressure on you because you don't know if you want to go down that Hollywood scandal role or you want to go to there. I, I, I'm, all right. I'm, tell you what. I'm so torn. Give, give me, give me Jackie Coogan. Okay. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go Hollywood scandals. Fine. All right. So I'm gonna give you the Uncle Fester. Everybody knows Uncle Fester from the Adams family, right? They're all together, kooky. Yeah, and Jackie Coogan was Uncle Fester. Mm-hmm. All right, but most people don't know how he really became famous. He was a child actor. Yes, he was a childhood actor, and Charlie Chaplin took him under his wing. Okay. All right. Charlie right. Chaplin. I'll go that way. Go loved, ahead. Loved Jackie uh-huh. and took great care of Jackie and paid Jackie very well. The problem is when Jackie turned 21 and he went to collect his money from everything that he had won or earned as a child actor, there was no money left. And his mom and stepfather um, wouldn't give him any of the money at all. They said it was their money because they raised him. Because of that, Hmm. Hollywood came up with the Coogan Act. Okay. So the Coogan Act went into play. He actually, Jackie Coogan, Uncle Fester, had to sue his mom to get the money. He earned over $3 million as a child actor between 1917 and 1930. All right? They only had $250,000 left in the bank. He sued his mom, all the court cases and all that. He only walked away with $125,000 at the age of 21. And he had earned $3 million. Because of the Coogan Act, now any child actor you have to put away in a trust that can't be touched 15% of all their earnings so that they have money at the end. Which is great. Because you have stage moms, obviously, like his. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you, you know, you, all of us know, like, the Macaulay Culkin, uh, mm-hmm. Gary Coleman, um, you know, uh, Nana Plato. I mean, there were so many child actors that have horrible stories with them. The Olsen the twins. Act, what was that? The Olsen twins. The Olsen twins. I okay. think they turned out okay. I think, yeah. I think their fashion yeah. and, and everything else that they did, they ended up. And, 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 and very, still, very and still working, yeah. Yeah. Brittany, mm-hmm. Brittany, as far as the music goes. But I don't know if the music, the Cuban Act goes over to the music side. So, mm. But because of this, that's how that came into play, oh. is because of this suit of Uncle Fester uh, and his relationship. And when he, he had a lot of debt, even though he had the $125,000, which seems like a lot of money in 1932, 30, I think it was 36, right. uh, he actually uh, called up Charlie Chaplin and said, hey, can you help me out? And Charlie basically gave him cash to hold him over till he got got back on his feet. Got the settlement. Yeah. Yeah. So his relationship with Charlie Chaplin was very, very strong. So well and I and I I didn't know that connection until I started doing my dive today. Well, um, it, it's interesting because I had looked at Charlie Chaplin, and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna get into Charlie Chaplin because it's, you know, it's a little tawdry on a whole lot of levels. But yeah. there's no, a bunch let's of, go there. but uh, there's a bunch of interesting stuff there. Well, it, it really is. Which, which uh, one? Which one of your Charlie Chaplin stories was the one that intrigued you the most? 
Well, it's sort of it's it's sort of a compilation because he, you know, and it's funny. And and what made me hey, think you, of it is you when you were be a lawyer. I, I asked you a direct question, and you just went, "Oh, it's a compilation of you know." You, are, were you a lawyer in your past life? Um, probably because I should have been hey, one like, in this. I should have been one in this life. Like, uh, can can you tell me when Lenny does this? Is he actually? He looks like a pitcher uh, where somebody's trying to steal his signals. Hey, man. Dave Stewart, where do I put my cap down? Yeah, there you down. go. That's it. Uh, um, but no, which, which one? Of well, them? you know, Charlie Chaplin. Well, well, what what reminded me is when you started talking about Charlie Chaplin taking Jackie Coogan as a child actor under his wing, and I'm I'm not making any. Um, Implication in that direction there, which will become obvious with my next sentence. It definitely but, sound like you were. <laughs> sound, no, 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 no. Like you've got to. You, 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 got to put allegedly. It's I all to, alleged. I had to ask that question. Was he the original Michael? <laughs> um, well, no, but Charlie Chaplin absolutely had a reputation for. Um, spending time with very young and underage girls mm-hmm. right up through the end of his life. I mean, he, 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 it was all scandalous. There were, I mean, 16, 15 year old, they started out as actresses. You know, he had children, you know, some of them had illegitimate children with him. Um, but he eventually married um, Eugene O'Neill's daughter, Una. Mm-hmm. She was 18 when he was in his 60s mm-hmm. um, and had children. They were together for ages. Yeah, they were, um, they were, with him living in Switzerland because yeah. he sort of wasn't allowed in the United States. Well, he got, caught up, he got caught up in the whole communist. He was a communist. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, he, he was a, alleg- allegedly a communist sympathizer. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. So what you're saying is... The red scandal. Yeah. So what you're saying is United Artists was, was actually a, a, a front for something more sinister. Well, I have some <laughs> of those... I have, I have yeah. one that's so dark that I didn't realize that, that came out of that era also that oh. we, we will get to. Now, now I'm really intrigued. Yeah. But, but, but that was it with Charlie Chaplin. But one very interesting side note, if you're ever going to the Hollywood Bowl and you're looking for a place to park... As you're going up the hill, which I think may be Highland, but I won't—I'm uh, not positive about that. Um, on the same side as the Hollywood Bowl is an American Legion, the Hollywood American Legion there, mm-hmm. um, and it's haunted. And um, Charlie Chaplin sits on a, his bar stool at the end of the bar in the American Legion Hall, um, right down the block from the Hollywood Bowl, which will charge you ten or twenty bucks to park there, and it's a nice walk up there. All right. So, for those of you going to concerts, Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, which one do you choose? Charlie Chaplin. May as well stay with the theme because mm-hmm. Buster's just dangling off a, a clock hand. Yeah. Though he did he did his own stunts. Man, he that man was, stunt. he was that was an amazing thing in those days. Yeah, he did his yeah. own stunts. Yeah, that was that so, was fascinating. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of on, on set safety going on. Yeah, you know who else did their own stunts? Who I absolutely think is amazing. Wiley Coyote. Every single time. Every single time. He gets back up. Every time yeah. he gets knocked he, down, he, he gets back up. I'm telling you, he's a, he's the toughest, toughest coyote I know. Right off a cliff. And he invented Amazon. <laughs> when, Acme, Acme, was, Acme was the original. Amazon. That was how quickly. How quickly yep. could he get that Acme stuff in there? Yep. Wiley Coyote was, a, you know, an innovator. That's probably he's, where he's it so, came from. He's so, you know, <laughs> underappreciated in our society. Oh, and right. boy, was he tenacious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just never gave up. Oh, All right, what, what's your uh, Hollywood scandal? What's the one you want to go with now? Well, we can do Fatty Arbuckle because... Um, Let's do Fatty Arbuckle. Uh, and, and it's you interesting. I have to explain who Fatty Arbuckle is to our audience, too. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, one member. Yeah, Blake. Sorry. Well, all right. Well, do you know? No. Okay. Fatty Arbuckle was at one point in time um, one of the highest grossing actors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not very tall, but he was very portly. He was 260-some-odd pounds. Um, he was. There you go. Well, you know, if, 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 the, if the foo shits, exactly. Um, he was a silent movie star. So that's how far back we're going. Mm-hmm. We're going into 1921. The guy was making, you know, he, he had just finished a three-year contract that paid him $3 million to make 18 silent films, and he had just signed a new $1 million contract for the year going forward. He was the be-all and end-all. Yeah. Um, and he was... He was a big cheese. He was, port- he was portly on to be in Rotund. Mm-hmm. Um, but a buddy of his was throwing him a party, and... Um, to congratulate him on this contract, and he really wasn't in the mood for it because he had gone down to Los Angeles, and I, I, I believe he had got a brand new Pierce Arrow automobile mm-hmm. that was being repaired in Los Angeles. And um, as he was waiting for the car, he sat down on something in the service station, and there was an acid-covered rag which he sat on, which the acid burnt through his pants and his butt, um, and gave him burns on his ass. And he put him in a foul mood. But his friend insisted he came to the party that he was throwing in San. 
San Francisco, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, so, you know, and how long is it going to take you to get up there? Because they weren't flying, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, and so he gets his pants repaired, and he goes up there, and, sit, and he's, he's literally sitting on a donut in the car mm-hmm. because of the burn on his butt. So he gets up there, and they're throwing this party, and the guy's, you know, he's in, a, he's in his suite, and he wakes up, and the next thing you know, the place is lousy with people. You know, he went, to, he went to sleep, he's exhausted from the trip, and this guy's throwing a party in his suite right around him, and uh, <laughs> he gets, gets up, he's wandering around in his pajamas, and, you know, he gets, his, he gets his legs under him, and he starts enjoying the party a little bit, and... Um, and this is where the, the stories start to di- di- diverge a little bit. But he sees this young actress, this 25-year-old woman, Virginia Rappi. Um, and, you know, they start chatting. And um, we'll, we'll do one of these, you know, two hours earlier type of thing. You know, they end up in, in a room together. Um, according to Fatty Arbuckle, he was never alone with her. Um, and, you know, she may have said as much at one point in time. But... Um, there was a woman there also uh, by the name of Maude Dumont, mm-hmm. who was a notorious madam and blackmailer and, you know, just shit star, basically. Mm-hmm. And she was there as well. And uh, the girl screams. She's in a tremendous amount of pain. People go rushing in there. There's a doctor who takes her to the next room, examines her. Um, they keep her in the hotel for a couple of days. They move her to a hospital day after that she dies from a ruptured bladder and the immediate conjecture is that fatty arbuckle sexually assaulted this woman and his girth caused the rupture to her bladder um in unwanted or rough sex and that's what caused the death and he killed his career right into the gutter because this woman, Maud Dumont, said, oh, we can make some money on this. Yeah. And she started promulgating the fact that, you know, he raped her. Mm-hmm. Yet when the doctor um, was administering her um, right there, she said, no, he didn't touch me. It wasn't. Fatty Arbuckle said, I was. So he gets arrested, and there's a DA who starts to think, you know, I could be governor on this one. Yeah. And um, they go to trial. And they realize the prosecution. They had a really shitty case because it's all conjecture. Um, and she, and already, and it, she already said it was consensual. Right, right. Yeah. And it's based on this Maud Dumont woman's, you know, um, pronouncements. And they don't bring her to testify because she is not what you would call a credible witness in yeah. any way, shape, or form. A woman of ill repute. Oh, baby. Yeah. And, um, so how does know, it end? He gets acquitted. After three, it goes to trial three times. Mm-hmm. First time, it's um, a hung jury. Second time, it's 10 to 2. And the third time, it's unanimous. And the jury comes back in five minutes, and they acquit him. It goes away. His career's in the crapper. Yeah. He's got nothing. There's He's no done. Back from nope. Because nope. there's, nope. there's already, already so many bad yep. stories about it. Yep. There's no coming back from it. Yeah, so he ended up, you know. He should have went to the party. And it was in his honor. He tried not to. Believe me, he wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah. So, I mean, he was able to muddle through, but he died, you know, 10, 12 years later of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, that's right. poor, poor fatty. Go, going in the opposite direction. Oh, something uplifting. Yeah. Good. We like well, positive. Not, it's not uplifting. No? No, it's not, not uplifting. It's right. not uplifting at all. Uh, but ooh, okay. this guy was in shape. This guy was in phenomenal ooh. shape. Superman. Uh, George Reeves. Christopher Reeves. George, 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 Reeves. Yeah. George, yeah. George Reeves, not yeah. Christopher Reeves. Yeah, no, no, no. Superman. And they're not related right. because, yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's yeah, yeah. an S on one and not on the other. Right. Okay. Christopher doesn't have an S. My Superman George, growing up. George, George has an S. Black and white and in color. Black and white. All right. Do you know his full story? Yes. Okay. Is, is this one of the scandals you looked up? No, but I know the story. All right. Yeah. Actually, they made a movie about it. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, George George is at a party. He's at, at a party. And at this party, his lover is also at the party. Okay. Her name is Tony Mannix. Tony's married to a very influential uh, MGM executive. His name is Eddie Mannix. They're all at the party. Evidently, what happened, and this is still questionable of how this happened. Uh, also, there was Lenore Le- Lemon, and that was George's fiance. All right? For nine years, George and Tony were having an affair. Okay. Okay. You still with me? Yep. At this party, some discussions went on. He tried to get Tony to kind of convince her that she really loves him and stuff like that. 
she she turns him down because Eddie's a very wealthy man, yeah. a powerful man. She yeah. turns him down. Yeah. And Eddie. the story that went out is he went upstairs and shot himself at this party. Correct. All right. Allegedly, su- allegedly suicide. Where it gets interesting is Tony Mannix confessed on her deathbed of arranging George Reeves' murder. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And that was in 1999. So it was in 1959, he shot himself. In 1999, all right, I'm going to throw your phone away. Nope, I'm doing this for you. I apologize, but... I'm I'm going to New New York you here. I hear hear every word you said, and I was doing it for you. Trust me. uh, But uh, in in 1999, 40 years after his death, Mm -hmm. this woman admits this. Well, between now and then... There's a movie called Hollywoodland, mm-hmm. and that is the exact story you told on film. All right, and tell Blake why it's called Hollywoodland. Do you know? Well, at one point in time, the Hollywood sign said Hollywoodland, and the land part fell down and went boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, they, it, was, it, was a, it was a land development. Development, yeah. It was a land development. Yeah. It was called Hollywoodland, and that was the development. And when it fell in disarray... You know, they yeah. they built it back, but they left the land off. Right, I and I and I I apologize for that, but yeah. I, I had to find out because I was pretty sure it was Hollywood land. Okay. But you know, so when they renamed the well, 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 like once in a while they renamed the sign to Hollyweed. Yeah, uh, Hollyweed. Usually on four twenty, somebody climbs up there. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I, I went to my uh, weed appointment today. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a real exciting event. <laughs> Five minutes, right? Oh, 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. Okay, you're good. Right. Pay us $150. So, so. It's a money grab. Yep. All right, what's your next one? Um, I guess we're brokering over into uh, um, military academies. No, no, no. I, I still got stories. Well, then come. Go, I go, guess, please. Oh, you you, you, yeah. I, well, I, I, right, did, I did your fatty. I did your right. Charlie. I keep going. Right. But, you know. I, I, I'll tell these three very quickly, and I'll end on the darkest one. Um, I love Laurel and Hardy growing up. Yeah. I love Abbott and Costello and Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Until today, I had no idea what an asshole Stan Laurel was. Okay. All right. He had four wives. He evidently abused all four, and he was a horrible alcoholic. <laughs> Ruined it for me. I wish I hadn't read it. All right. That one, that one ruined it for me. Who else did we watch growing up, like, almost every Saturday morning? The Three Stooges. Three Stooges. But there was also a group that led into the Three Stooges called Our Gang. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Alfalfa. Mm-hmm. What a horrible death he ended up having, too. And he ended up being broke and became an alcoholic. And just so, like two two of the guys I love watching as a right. child, completely ruined today. Hmm, so sorry. It's completely ruined today. But Alpha Alpha, um, you know that that death. I'm gonna grab grab down here. All right. He did over 200 comedy shorts. All right. His marriage fell apart in 1959. He was gunned down trying Ooh. to collect a debt. Somebody owed him 50 bucks. He went to the guy to collect the debt. And was shot on the street. Ouch. Yeah. Did not know that at all. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. This is the darkest one of all. All okay. right. This one in the 1930s and 1940s. All right. In old Hollywood, if a woman got pregnant, okay, they were forced to have abortions. Women that were forced to have abortions. Are you ready for this list? Oh. Joan Crawford. Yeah, yeah. Jeanette McDonald, Betty Davis, and Judy Garland. All four of them were forced to have abortions. By the studios. By the studios. So, Jean Harlow was also forced. And she was not even allowed to get married to the father of the child because at uh, at her age, they wanted her to stay a blonde bombshell, and they thought if she had a child and if she was married, she would no longer be a bomb ch- uh, a bombshell. Hmm. So those five are ones that, that we know about that Hollywood oh, yeah. that Hollywood forced to have an abortion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that's a much much longer list. Oh, yo, you know it is. Yeah, you know yeah. it is. If yeah. if these are the ones that are actually reported. Yeah. So. 
right. I told you it was dark. Oh no, yeah, that's just that's just evil. Yeah, yeah. I told you it was dark. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, quick run through of our our sponsors again. Sorry, I got the yeah. hiccups right now. Yeah. Um, quick run through of our sponsors: Palm Valley Golf Course, the best golf course to learn how to play golf, the best driving range in town. Check out their Tracer Golf, uh, River and Fort. Um, I'm telling you right now, they have an appetizer called the Grand Tower that will blow your socks off. It's a seafood. If you love seafood, it's the the go-to appetizer, um, and it can be a meal. Uh, St. Augustine Pirate Museum, a a must-see stop in St. Augustine. C, S-E-A. Uh All right. Meehan's Irish Pub. Um, can't say enough about the, the staff over there, Reggie and his whole crew. They do it right. They have great bartenders. They have great food, great location, and just and wonderful people. When you get there, if you're looking for dessert, and even if you're not looking for dessert, try their house-made Irish cream whiskey. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That is rich and thick and delicious. It's fabulous. Yeah. Fab- and they make it daily. Blake, your favorite thing at Meehan's? Uh, the mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mac yep. and cheese. Yep. He's, yep. he's the guy. All right. Abear Kresge and Associates tax season might be done for some of you, but some of us that got businesses, we're still working on it. Mm, I feel for you. Guys that help you get through there. Abear Kresge and Associates. They help out nonprofits. They do audits. They do everything in the accounting world that you need. Um, all right, Chessire Customs and Collisions. Did I get it right, Blake? Yes. All right, I finally got it right. All right, check these guys out. If you want a makeover and a facelift on your car, go see these guys. They'll do you right. City Gates Distillery and St. Augustine Distillery, best spirits in town, um, mm-hmm. and you can't beat their tours. Tour Try tasting out room, their yeah. tasting. Try yeah. out their tasting. You're going to walk away with some very, very good liquor when you leave there. Yep. All right, Military Academies. All right. All right. Go ahead, my excited friend. All right. So... I ended up just focusing mostly on West Point. Okay. All right. I, I got into some of the other ones, and everything kept drawing me back to West Point. So uh, West Point, like I said earlier, Jefferson didn't want West Point. Right. He didn't want it to happen. Uh, and it was West Point was a fort during mm-hmm. the Revolutionary mm-hmm. War. It starts with scandal. Right on the Hudson River. It's gorgeous part of New York State. It's beautiful it's, there. It starts with scandal. Blake, you, I, I know you know this. Blake, do you have any idea why West Point starts with a scandal? Uh, I'm not sure. All right. You know, you've heard of Benedict Arnold. Yes. All right. Benedict Arnold didn't think he was getting promoted enough right. in the co- uh, colonial army. Uh, uh, and he, he decided that he was going to sell the fort of West Point to the British. Mm-hmm. What was the British officer's name? That was Major Andre. Andre. All right, I'm pulling up here because you're, you're going to get a little quiz. You're a very you're very good. Okay. Quiz, even though last night's trivia. Yeah. Curse you, Ohio. Yeah. And your flag. Ohio. And pennant. your little flag too. The Ohio pennant. Gotcha. Oh my. All right. So John Andre, Benedict Arnold, and John Andre, mm-hmm. Andre came up with this scheme. John Andre was on the British side. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what happened to Benedict Arnold? He got hung. No, he didn't. He escaped. And then? No, he escaped. He he died in England. See, but that's what, what I said last night, and you told me no. No, no, no. Because that's what Andre, I thought. John Andre got hung. Yeah, no, I thought, right. Oh, no, well, you said Andre. When you oh, said Andre, I oh, said no, yeah, I meant, he was hung. Oh, no, I had met Benedict Arnold ended uh, up in England. Yeah, that's what I said, yeah. For yeah. Two dec- he lived for yeah. He lived in, and yeah. ended up being a wealthy man in yeah. England. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately for uh, Andre, he yeah, wasn't well. so lucky. Well, they also treated him as a spy as, as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's how it all started. Yeah. That was right in, the, right in the American Revolution. Yeah. West Point starts during the American Revolution. Did you know, uh, excuse me one second, did you know that in those days, um, to close off the Hudson so that ships could not come, they had huge chains, similar to what yeah. they used in the harbor down here at St. Augustine at yeah. one point in time. Well, they would hang chains across the river mm-hmm. to prevent wooden ships from passing up. Yeah. yeah. They, they were lower them to let people yeah. buy. Yep. They pulled them taut, um, and and actually, uh, I, I knew about it here. They replicated it in the TV show Vikings. Okay, and it was I mean the way they did it on cinema, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean it's that's that's a heavy weight to string across the Hudson River. Well, they use or the Bay here when they were doing it in St. Augustine. They use like uh, what's not the Clydesdales, the Bergerons. Okay, 
And that's how they pulled it with oh, the teams of horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they right. the teams of horses always all attached right. to it. Right. They rotate right. the horses out. Okay, so nice. Um, all right. Um, so the grounds. Uh, so the founding military school was proposed by a general, General Henry Cox. All right, in 1776. Okay. So, at the very beginning of the Revolutionary War, they're like, hey. We need to train our generals properly. Right, right. We, we need trained military leaders. All right. Alexander Hamilton urged the adoption of the plan. So if you've seen the play, Hamilton was a big Washington guy. He was, the only the, he was who, in the room. <laughs> the only person who really opposed it was TJ. Thomas Jefferson. Mm. All right. So, however, even with TJ trying to get it not done, in 1802, Congress passed an act that established the Military Academy at West Point. So it started in 1802. And so one one of the things that I found, the hazing that went on. Oh, yeah. Do you know uh, when hazing actually stopped? When it was officially when called? When it was outlawed? When it was officially called into court and who was the person that was attached to the hazing accusations? I don't think it was as long ago as I would like to believe, in all honesty, when they finally outlawed it, because there were hazes still going on. Oh, there's, there's and, still and, hazes that yeah, go on now. Yeah, and but, still, they still have a handbook and a code book oh, sure. that you have to memorize. And not and a code, yeah. Be, you, know, you know, how many, how many peanuts in, <laughs> in the bag. Right, okay, all right. go ahead. So the hazing ended. Uh, a young cadet was supposed to be squatting over broken glass. All right? There's broken glass, and he was squatting, and he was squatting. And they had him squatting for hours. He passed out and fell into the glass. George MacArthur. General MacArthur. Douglas. Douglas. I'm sorry, Douglas MacArthur. George. You, you get, you get I got to, George McGovern. Oh, I'm hoping you're yeah. getting George Patton, but George, Patton, Car- George Patton's Car- also. I know. There I you did go. just right. read George Patton. Right. So that's maybe that's why I said, okay. But yeah. it was uh, Douglas MacArthur. Douglas MacArthur. Ooh, that's why he always looked so yep. pickled up. And Douglas later became the commander mm-hmm. at West Point. But at that trial is when they decided we're no longer going to hmm. do it. So it was, okay. it was in the late 1800s when, when they stopped the really harsh hazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they denounced it as a school. They, they did it before as, uh, what, what's the, uh, a few good men? Yeah. They talk about uh, a code red. Yeah. That was what the hazing was like mm-hmm. at at the military academy. Oh, absolutely, for quite some time, you know, um, and right. you know, and and carry that through to boot camp. Yeah. So, all right, uh, quickly go through the alumni. Okay. All right. Uh, more Civil War generals than you can shake a stick at. Uh, pretty much just packed with it. Yeah, all and right. and the majority of them on the Confederate side. Yes. They all split and went. They all split and went south. Class of nineteen twenty nine, Robert E. Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, class of 1940, William T. Sherman. So, one of each side. Mm-hmm. James Longstreet, 42. Ulysses S. Grant, 43. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the class of 1946 had Stonewall Jackson, George Gordon, George McClellan, and George Pickett. Four generals mm-hmm. from the Civil War. Um, and they were all gifted, gifted uh, generals. Oh, yeah. Uh, Philip uh, Sheridan from 1853, mm-hmm. Jeb Stewart from 1854, was mm-hmm. still in Civil War. Graduating last in his class, 1861, George Armstrong Custer, dead last in mm-hmm. his class. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, taken aback here that you're forgetting somebody we spoke of so recently. Oh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Not the naked man wandering campus. But he didn't graduate. A- Ambrose Burnside oh, was Burnside. also a Civil War oh. general who went to West Point. Yes, Burnside. <laughs> yeah, he didn't make. He didn't make my list. Uh, All right. You notice the majority of them. Uh, you had um, A. P. Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, you know, and and again, as I said, when I looked at it, a majority of them ended up on the Confederate side. Yes. Yeah, a lot of them did. Uh, Douglas MacArthur, nineteen oh three. We already talked about uh, Patton, nineteen oh nine. Uh, a lot of these guys, World War II, uh, Dwight Eisenhower, mm-hmm. Omar Bradley. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, all of these guys changed the world. Um, Petraeus, Skorskov, I mean, the, the list is just incredible. The current Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Yep. And we forgot the President of the Confederacy. Jefferson Davis Jefferson went to West Davis. Point. Def- Jefferson yep. Davis. Yep, yep. So, and one that Blake will know, Mike, Coach K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coach K. Yep. So that, and that, you know what? Of the entire list, that was the one that surprised me the most. Yeah. That, that I, I would have never presumed that. Didn't, well, he, didn't he play for Bobby Knight at at West Point? Coach K? Coach did, K? Did Knight coach basketball at West Point? That I did not know. I think, I think I didn't, I'm not sure. I can have to look go, at Can you Google that? that? that uh, but real quick, though. Did, 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 did you, you have a good Coach K story, though. Oh, yeah. So I, I, Blake and I like to go to Vegas. Uh, when Coach K was coaching the USA team, they 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 did their training in Vegas. Right. Uh, where I sit down to play my video poker at the wind, <laughs> Coach K is sitting right there with it with me. Where, as far as me and you, mm-hmm. and we're just rooting each other on. And it was we he crushed it. I didn't crush it like he did because he was betting way more than me. Right. But he had to have them come over like three times to cash him out because the number was so high. Nice. Yeah. So coach, 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 and he was a super nice guy. He was, he was, he was a really good guy. And he, he was kind of under the radar. No one really knew who right. he was. Yeah. Um, I just happened to be right there, and even he probably sat there for thirty minutes before I recognized who he was. So uh, that's and, cool. Very and, cool. And if you want to guess, Bobby Knight, coach, coach K at West Point. Well, yeah, wow. Okay. I, I, I thought See? that's that's uh, that's that's like that's like a double bonus. I didn't know yeah. K, uh, K went there, and I sure as heck didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I think Bobby Knight coached there before, Knight before Indiana. Did, 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 Bobby, did Bobby Knight throw, throw a chair at West Point? Only if the guy needed a seat. That lady really needed a seat when he threw that chair. <laughs> so, all right. So okay. that's what I got about uh, now. Now. I, I understand, you know, you seem to know, and you're correct, that there were more astronauts coming out of the Naval Academy. But, you know, six, six, six astronauts came out of West Point. Yeah. Buzz and I found that interesting. Ed White, Collins. Yep. Uh, Frank Borman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and Nelson. Scott. Yep. And Morgan. Andrew Morgan. Okay, I don't. I don't have him. He is the most recent. His picture was like you know, uh, okay. in, in, in color and you know, you know right. like like I he's was going he, right he's, stuff, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. yeah I'm well, going right stuff. Can't guys. cut him out. The guy's yeah, a freaking yeah. astronaut, man. Yeah, Give yeah, him his yeah. due. Yeah. Howard Wallowitz. Here's to you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Here's <laughs> <Wallowitz>. <laughs> Gotta love him. All right. Have you? Oh, and, and visited. What well, you're from New York? It's so funny because I was campus. just yes, and and ages ago. But I was just going to say, if you have the opportunity, and and I'm I, I don't know in in today's age um, how available it is, but there's tours of West Point. You go up go up there for an Army football game. Go up there to watch the cadets parade. It's fascinating. It's magnificent. It really is. Yeah. It's beautiful part of this. You go up there in the fall when the leaves are changing. It's it's magnificent. It truly is. And the only military academy I've actually visited mm-hmm. is in Colorado Springs, just outside of Colorado Springs, is uh, the Naval. Or not the Naval. The Air Force sorry, Academy. Air Force Academy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, U.S. Air Force Academy. And I can tell you this. These guys, you can't really appreciate, like as a, a student athlete when you're playing sports, it's tough to keep, keep a full schedule and play sports. Mm-hmm. All right, these guys. Not only Blake, how many hours did you have at Flagler your last last year? Like, like so, how many hours? I last semester. No, your last semester. How many hours? How many credits were you taking? Credit, oh, fifteen credit, credit hours. Fifteen's a standard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. well, well, well that was a minimum because 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 otherwise, if it was lower, I wouldn't get the scholarships. Your, your scholarships okay. would have went away. Okay. You know, and I had I had to do twelve to keep my athletic. I always did fifteen, sixteen, if I could. Um, these guys are doing 23 hours. They have to do all their other training and their drills and still play sports. Mm-hmm. There is nobody I have more respect for than a 20-year-old student athlete at one of these military academies. They, they just then has an obligation to um, the service mm-hmm. before they can turn pro. Yeah, David Robinson's a prime example. Napoleon McCallum, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Both of them, both of them from yeah. Annapolis. Stop, stop Yeah, yeah. Uh, also Annapolis. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. Um, you know, the, the, these guys. Stop Stobak go to Vietnam? Uh, I don't think he ended up going to Vietnam, but I, I think he served. 
Yeah. So I don't think yeah. I don't think he saw active. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. You know. A. Thank you for your service. And B. You know. Thanks for being amazing at what you're doing. Well, and the, the beauty about and that's all the all the people coming out of that service academy. And David Robinson did something in his career that I didn't like when he they purposely gave him the scoring title and he scored like 87 points just so he could beat Shaq. So that ticked me off as a Magic fan. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sorry, we got to root for the Knicks. Yeah, they, oh, oh, over here. Yeah, the Knicks, <laughs> the Knicks on the side. Knicks on that side. Um, but David Robinson had the option, and he said no. The uh, the Naval Academy's been good to me. They gave him an option, an out yeah. to go to go play basketball, and he still did two years. Yes. Absolutely, and you need to admire that. Or no, I mean, I, I certainly do. Absolutely, you got to respect you know? that because he, he free education. He gave up yeah. millions of dollars yeah. up front, and that's a twenty-two-year-old man making that decision of no, this is what I'm going to do because it's the right thing, and he right. did the right thing. Yeah, that's integrity. Yeah. It, it really is. It, it's 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 more than admirable. It's yeah. it's 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 inspiring. It truly is. That's why he's always been called the admiral, even yep. though he never was. Yep, yep. When you say the admiral, who do you think of? Oh, absolutely, the, yeah, Robinson. Yep. No doubt about it. No right. doubt about it. All right. So, which which academy do you, do you have? Some of the other academies you want to talk well, about? Well, I, I, I no ones. Well, no, I, I. Well, first of all, just just a side note. Um, the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs is in one of the most beautiful parts of the country. You know, it's in the mountains. You've, you've got pines. You've got trees. The air is some of the cleanest, freshest air I've ever breathed in my life. Yeah, you can um, see Pikes Peak yep. pretty much anywhere in the entire uh, campus. And the cathedral there is a beautiful, and if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure it's an A-frame building, mm-hmm. the cathedral there. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, they carry the theme through because the cross above the altar is made out of plane propellers. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, yeah. Um, but it's beautiful there. But I spent a lot of time in the in the Naval Academy, someplace I have yet to get to, but would really like to get to, uh, Annapolis. Um, tremendous amount of history there. Uh, fascinating things that are going on there. Um, Annapolis is apparently a wonderful, wonderful town. Yeah, um, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, yeah, like you got something to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. So sorry for laughing. I just uh, oh, okay. got, got a little message from a friend that apparently our front plan has just been stolen. Has been stolen like 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 like, like, like last night. What got stolen? Our plant <laughs> from our house. Yes, our plant got stolen. Yes. One of your is, friends stole our plan? No, it's no, no, nothing no. sacred. It was, it was Becca. It's Becca, Becca told me. Oh, okay. All right. It's nothing sacred. Who stole our plan? I don't know. So, so I looked at the ring. It was like five, five fifty. It was there six fifty. It's gone. Oh man, <laughs> that's messed up. We got we got a world search going on. I think so. Call out the dog. You you know the sheriff. I know I know people. Get the bloodhounds. I know I know people. The chief, you know, chief's um, coming over for an investigation. Okay, just just um, I want to backtrack for a side note because I found this very interesting. Um, by an act, well, first of all, by an act of Congress, you know, first of all, you, you know, you need a congressional appointment to go to the service academies. Yes, you you need to be um, promoted by your your congressman to, to even be considered for the application. Um, you need that. But um, you come out, you be made an officer and a gentleman by an act of Congress mm-hmm. or an officer and a gentle person, um, woman. Yeah. Uh, I, I ain't taking out of that one well. Um, but in 1933, Franklin Roosevelt um, signed into law a, a, a law that was passed by Congress that said if you were a graduate of the military academy, West Point, Annapolis, or the Coast Guard Academy, mm-hmm. um, you got a bachelor's of science degree. They, they conferred uh, a BS upon you. Mm-hmm. Um, about four years later, in 1937, another act of Congress signed again by Roosevelt. Um, any living graduate of the service academies was also bestowed yeah, a, BS. a BS. So I thought that was very interesting that they, they tried to um, work on the academic credentials as well as the military credentials to, to make it more... Um, I guess equal with other academic institutions, and it wasn't strictly military academies. Yeah, and uh, and FDR's connection uh, to the Navy. Um, he was Secretary of the Navy. He was, was he Secretary not? of yeah. the Navy. Yeah. He was Assistant Secretary of the Navy at the time of the Lusitania. And <laughs> okay, I'm not laughing at that or the Lusitania. I'll come back in one second. Go ahead. But. The rumor is, or the scandal is, that him and Churchill, before both of them were in power, they had made a deal to send over uh, military support through the Lusitania. 
And when when the submarine torpedo hit the front of the Lusitania, that's what created the large explosion. It was supposed to just leave one little hole in that section, which is the way that Lusitania was designed. Right. But it blew up. Were there a whole lot of denials that there was nothing military on the Lusitania? Did they admit to it? No, they never admitted to it. Yeah, right. Okay. They never admitted to it. Uh, FDR never admitted to it. Churchill never admitted to it, even later on. But that is always, and still to this day, never been proven if there was an arsenal in the bow of the Lusitania. Okay, now I've got to get my my dates in order, because when was the Lusitania? That was in the... In like 15... Yeah, it was a, it was after the Titanic. Blake, can you oh, okay. look that up? No, 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 that's not necessary because I, I I sorted it through in my own brain because it wasn't contemporaneous. Um, William Randolph Hearst said that, the, and this I'm, I'm going back that the headlines he put out for the Fatty Arbuckle trial mm-hmm. sold more papers than the sinking of the Lusitania. Yeah. So, but uh, so they weren't they weren't simultaneous. The Lusitania stunk in fifteen or, or when, and it obviously you know, was the topic of conversation and, you know, we're at war, yeah. Um, not that he was a yellow journalist or a jingoist, but mm. that's a topic for another day, possibly. Right. Now, now, what name did you do today? William Randolph Hearst. All right. You know what Rosebud is? I do. I do well. <laughs> Blake, you know what Rosebud is? Yep, yep. I, uh, um, we, we, we watched Citizen Kane. You need a spoiler alert on this, though. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what Rosebud <laughs> We'll talk later. Do you know what Rosebud really was? Yeah, that's what, okay. I, that's what All we're right. going to yeah. find Thank right you. now. All right, I'm drinking. Go ahead. But, 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 but for legal reasons, since since I uh, since I applied to Hearst jobs, I'm not going to comment anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Right. I would I would beg sure. to differ that anybody working for the Hearst Corporation today gives a hoot yeah. about William Randolph Hearst sure. or, I mean, or Marion I mean, Davis's. I mean, they do own like 20 percent of ESPN, so I won't work for them. So sure. okay, all right, all right. We're still going to sure. say it. Yeah, go ahead. You can blame your dad. Uh-huh. You get that job. Throw it on me. Kid, I got you covered. All right. So, Rosebud, the great movie. Um, Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane. Citizen Kane. It it makes it sound like Rosebud is a, a sled. Right. It's not at all. Right. It was William Hearst's girlfriend's nickname for her private parts. Marion Davis. Yep. Yes. Yes. And... Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that because yep. you know that's what Rosebud there's, there's, was. There's a question. Orson, there's a question of which private yeah. part. Or Orson, Orson was trying to get orifice. It. Which orifice yeah. exactly? Well, Orson was trying to get it at Hearst <laughs> because they hated each other. Ah, okay. So that's that was the dig that he got mm-hmm. in when he wrote the movie. Um, on a side note, after you go to West Point and if you're on the West Coast, um, if you haven't been to San Simeon. Go to San Simeon. Mm-hmm. It's mind-boggling, magnificent, and some of the engineering there was mm-hmm. brilliant mm-hmm. Um, as far as um, earthquake anticipation and prevention. Yeah, um, the the Neptune pool that's uh, not, not the, the the outdoor pool was designed by an Italian woman architect who put it up on steel girders that will move and sweat. So it's like a bowl sitting in at a, a bunch of fingers. It's, it's brilliant. It's worth it's worth a visit. I I, I digress. All right. So Navy Army. All right. In the 1800s, if you weren't in the army, you pretty much couldn't be president. Really? In the 1900s, most of the presidents, take out Eisenhower, most of the presidents served in the Navy. In the 1900s. You had three in a row. Nixon? Oh, you, okay. You had Kennedy? Right. Then you had Nixon? Yep. We left out Johnson. Right, and then you had... Uh, well, actually, Johnson served in the Navy, too. Did he really? Uh, Ford served in the, in the Navy. And Jimmy Carter, who was a graduate of Annapolis. And let's keep going. Wasn't um, Poppy Bush a, na- a naval flyer? He was a flyer. Yeah. A flyer in yeah, the Navy. For the Navy, yeah. And uh, son was a reserve. Okay. So, yeah. 1900s was dominated by the Navy. 1800s huh. was dominated by the Army. Okay. 2000s, military doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, no. No. So, just the trend in our country. Colin Powell, where are you when we need you? Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. uh, If you take Eisenhower. What did you say? Colin Powell's dead. (laughs) Oh, well, that really sucks for us, doesn't it? I don't think we're electing him. Um, Damn it. But you take Eisenhower Eisenhower out of the mix. 
Yeah. You know, it's pretty much dominated. The 1900s are dominated by Navy men. And just as a side note, that's why I never do a Deadpool. I never remember who's dead or alive. Which is, oh, yeah, when I ask a question of dead or oh, alive, when No, they didn't die 17 years ago? No. Yeah. Okay, I'm not good at that. Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you at that next halftime question you create, dead or alive? Thanks very much. Uh-huh. Just for letting. Hey, you know what? Okay. We're at the end of our show. I, you know, time flies when we're having fun. No, it was, it was a great show. I enjoyed it. I, I can tell you, you can see. You, you guys can't see, but I got notes everywhere around me. You got them written on. I wrote them on the here. table for the first oh, time. Okay. I like this a whole lot. Um, yeah. You know, but it, I just love doing the research for this show, and I appreciate you guys. If you would support our sponsors, uh, make sure you hit that share button. If you like it, hit the share button. If you don't like it, hit the share button anyway. Um, right. Let people let people not like the not, not like us for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> let them have their own opinion about not liking us. Um, but again, thank you to our sponsors. We appreciate you guys every week. We'll be back next week at six thirty-four. This is Bollocks Talks and Tangents.